the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Tuesday, June the 28th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On June 28, 1919, the Treaty of Versailles was signed in France, ending the First World War. Today in 1914... Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria and his wife Sophie were shot to death in Sarajevo by a Serb nationalist. That actually sparked the beginning of World War I. Today, in 1939, Pan American Airways began regular transatlantic air service with a flight that departed New York for Marseille, France. I would only say I don't speak for Pan Am, who is now pretty much gone. They were the king of the airways when I was traveling on the mission field, and I will tell you, I almost felt like kissing the seat in front of me when I got on a Pan American airline. It was almost like being home in the United States. Not quite. I didn't do it. I would have then probably been escorted off the plane. Today, they would probably put a monument to airplane seats and somebody would worship it. But nonetheless, I always enjoyed riding Pan Am. It was a great, great blessing. Uh, coming out of the darkest corners and the jungles of this world where we were preaching the gospel. Today in 1940, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed the Alien Registration Act, also known as the Smith Act. That required adult foreigners residing in the U.S. to be registered and fingerprinted. Imagine that today in Biden's America. Today, in 1978, the Supreme Court ordered the University of California Davis Medical School to admit Alan Bakke. He's a white he's a white guy. He argued that he had been a victim of reverse racial discrimination, that they were filling quotas instead of taking the most qualified. He won. Today, in 2010, the Supreme Court ruled five to four that Americans had the right to own a gun for self-defense anywhere they lived. Today in 2013, the four plaintiffs on the U.S. Supreme Court case that overturned California's same-sex marriage ban got quote-unquote married just hours after the federal appeals court freed gay couples to obtain marriage license in the state for the first time in four and a half years. What had happened is there was a, a referendum, a, a proposition in California, and the people voted and they denied same-sex so-called marriage. But then the activists went to the courts and got the courts to overturn the will of the people. And that is what the left does every time they try to do that. One year ago today, temperatures in parts of the Pacific Northwest wiped out records that had been set the day before. Seattle reached 108 degrees today. Portland reached 116 degrees today. One year ago today. Meteorologists were <clears throat> having a big day because they was a platform from which they could espouse global warming, climate change, 
They said the record-breaking heat was caused by a dome of high pressure. Probably true. I don't know too much about domes of high pressure. And they said it was worsened by human-caused climate change. They seized the moment, as the left always does. They seize the moment. The Bible says, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Psalm 31, 24. Don't put your hope in the politicians. Vote for them. Try to get the best ones elected, for sure. But don't put your hope in them, because they are mere, flawed, broken, sinful people, just like you and me, except for the grace of God. Let's keep our hope in the Lord as we look at what's happening in our world today, and that's what we do on this program. And I want to take a moment to thank you for making it possible. We don't have sponsors at all on this program, commercial sponsors. We could have because we're asked, not often, but off, every so often, we're asked if we would take advertising on the program. And we've decided not to for a number of reasons, but one is which we could end up with products or you know things being marketed in and around any influence that we have for God that we wouldn't agree with. And I just have prayed about it. I don't think we should go down that road, and we're not going to. And uh, we crossed that bridge when we started this program number several years ago now. We just simply speak to the people who believe in it and believe in what we're doing and ask you to support it. And you have and do. And I want to thank you for that. I've mentioned recently that we need a little bump in our uh, in our budget right now, our income. Uh, we've had a, a number of people. I, 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 life is like that. They've gone on to be with the Lord and they live their life so that they could go to be with the Lord. But I, uh, I miss them. Uh, some of them I didn't I didn't know them personally, but I knew them by name, and we had communicated some over the years. But um, we missed their support, and it's noticeable. Some of them were generous. So I would just ask you to consider becoming a part of this. We need a little bump now, and I've mentioned that, particularly those of you who listen to KPDQ in Portland. We need your help. We're not meeting budget there, and we need to be. I know this is soon because some say it takes years to meet your budget on Christian radio. That's not been our experience, and it could not be our experience now because we don't have the wherewithal to do that. So we need your help now. Thank you. And I know you understand, and to all of you who regularly support this ministry, thank you so much. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go on our website, Faith and Freedom. It's A-N-D, Freedom. Dot U.S. United States. Dot U.S. And you can contribute there. Speaking of the United States, the United States Supreme Court ruled yesterday. It just came out as we came on the air. I mentioned it. I told you we'd talk more about it today, and we will. Supreme Court ruled that Bremerton High School coach Joe Kennedy, whom we had spoken of often on this program over the years, he has the constitutional right to pray on a football field, and the school district was wrong to punish him for doing so. The highest court in the land has said it is the record. It is the ruling. That's kind of reminiscent to me of Daniel being thrown into the lion's den for his prayer habits, not suggesting that Joe Kennedy is Daniel, but he had a similar experience. He didn't get eaten by the lions, 
neither Joe nor Daniel got eaten by the lions or something like the lions for their prayer habits. Kennedy's been released to return to the place he belongs, coaching football and quietly praying after the game. He says he's going back to work at Bremerton. He has the right to do that, and he's going to because he loves those kids, loves the area, and loves coaching, and he loves God. He's going to do all of those things. He said it's a big victory, and it is. It is a big victory for Kennedy and the First Amendment and for all of us. We all kind of scored a touchdown yesterday. If you have any knowledge of football, that's a good thing. And that was a good thing. I'm going to talk more about that in a moment. But Republican Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves, he said this morning, he said he's going to ban abortions, ban them, like zip, no, no, none. He said he's going to ban abortions in his state following the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade on Friday, vowing to create in Mississippi a culture of life in reality. He said if some other states want to uh, want then to to do otherwise, that's their prerogative. But I think the reason the far left is so spun up, the far left is spun up, he says, like S-P-U-N, up, about this case is because they know that so many Americans don't believe in third trimester abortions. So many Americans believe that there ought to be reasonable restrictions on abortions, even in states like California and New York, Reeves says. The governor also said he's prepared and already promoting pro-life culture in his state, such as supporting pro-life resource centers, donating millions to child protection services. Spun up. I thought that was an interesting way to describe the left. It would be the Mississippi way to do it, but I like that. In fact, they are all spun up. I mean, they're tight as a, tight as a knot now. Vice President Kamala Harris was on CNN yesterday. She was spun up. She said the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe v. Wade was shocking because it took away, a, I'm quoting her, a constitutional right that has been recognized for a half a century. It wasn't recognized. It was made up. Ma'am, with all due respect to your office, the Supreme Court is trying to tell you there ain't no constitutional right for abortion. It doesn't exist. In your mind, it does. In the make-believe world of progressivism and relativism and truth is what I say it is and my truth is different than your truth and all of this, you had this right to kill unwanted babies, but it's not in the Constitution. And they're telling you that in the most clear and articulate way known to mankind. And they are the highest court in the land. She said, she told the CNN lady, she said the court actually took a constitutional right that has been recognized for half a century, and it took it from the women of America. That's shocking. I'm quoting her verbatim. When you think about it in terms of what that means in terms of democratic principles, in terms of the ideals, I should not laugh at the vice president of the United States, but man, let me, let me start over again. I'm quoting her verbatim. She says, that's shocking. When you think about it in terms of what that means, in terms of democratic principles, in terms of the ideals upon which we were founded, about liberty, about freedom, you know, I thought about it as, you know, a parent. We have two children who are in their 20s, a son and a daughter. They would be her stepchildren, but that is a true statement. She's married to Doug Emhoff. He's their biological father. 
She said, I thought about it as a godparent of teenagers. I thought about it as an aunt, an aunt, excuse me, an aunt of preschool children and a woman myself. And she goes on and on. That's kind of what spun up looks like. It is. I'll tell you, I'll tell you there's another reason, uh, reason brewing out there. And I think he's really drilled into this for a lot of people to get spun up. I didn't mention this yesterday. I had intended to, but I ran out of time. But Justice Clarence Thomas, he's now talking about same-sex marriage. He's saying, why is it constitutional? Abortion isn't constitutional. It's not in the Constitution. Neither is same-sex marriage. He said, we need to revisit that so we can clarify it for the nation. That was like like sounding an alarm right against the ear of the left. They are all spun up about this. Thomas said in his opinion, he wrote a solo concurring opinion with the others, all the others had voted that abortion is not in the Constitution. He said this in his opinion, he said the court's abortion cases are unique. No party has asked us to decide whether our entire 14th Amendment jurisprudence must be preserved or revised. Clarence Thomas said, thus I agree with... Uh, I agree that nothing in the court's opinion should be understood to cast doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion. For that reason, in future cases, we should consider all of this court's substantive due process precedents. That's the due process part of it is the 14th Amendment part of that. Um, And he said that includes Griswold, Lawrence, and Oberfeld. And that's the that is the same-sex, uh, Oberfell is the same-sex vehicle that they use to get so-called marriage um, foisted on the nation. Clarence Thomas says, because any substantive due process decision is demonstrably erroneous. He said, we have a duty to correct the error established in these precedents. And that's basically what they did with this Roe v. Wade and this and the the accompanying case, they corrected an error. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was one of them, she was an outspoken, banner-carrying advocate for abortion. But she said, "Boy, she said I don't know about Roe v. Wade. She said that's a pretty weak policy, and I don't know that it's constitutional." I mean, she said that. She was worried about it. I mean, she wanted it to be true, but she was looking at it a little more clear-minded than a lot of her colleagues are particularly the vice president of the United States. She's so confused. Anyway, Clarence Thomas also said, other questions need to be considered, just as whether the privileges of immunities clause protects any rights that are not enumerated in the Constitution. And if so, how to identify these rights? He said the court should reconsider rulings that protect contraception, same-sex relationship, and same-sex marriage. Well, that sent chills across relativism land and progressivism land and these guys were all over that last night and they were talking about it they were strategizing they're even beginning to pick uh, communities and set them in place so that (laughs) Clarence Thomas ask the questions that he's asking might become reality and they want to be ready to respond I don't know how they're going to protect that though in light of this decision that was made I'm thinking that these Supreme Court justices that voted and said that Roe v. Wade is not constitutional are not going to believe 
that same-sex marriage is constitutional either because it isn't in, there's nothing in the Constitution that suggests that. That's just something that, again, was foisted on the people of America in the case of California against the will of the people. But they did it anyway through a legal procedure. I was reminded of Daniel Webster, and then we're going to move on to Joe Kennedy, but I was reminded of Daniel Webster, not not Noah Webster, who's the founder of our public education system with a very different mission in mind back then. But Daniel Webster came a, a generation later. I think he was a distant relative, but an outstanding senator. He said this. He said, quote, hold on. He said, hold on, my friends, to the Constitution, to the Republic, which it stands. Miracles do not cluster, and what and what has happened once in 6,000 6, years may not happen again. Hold on to the Constitution, for if the American Constitution should fail, there will be anarchy throughout the world. Very true. And we see the possibility of that in the world in which we live today. Supreme Court of the United States has also ruled that Washington State's Bremerton School District was wrong to punish a high school football coach for praying on the football field after games. Their decision was released yesterday morning. The Supreme Court ruled 6-3 to three that the Bremerton School District discriminated against Coach Kennedy. Coach Kennedy was on Newsmax yesterday with John Bachman, and he said... On that, he's been on some other news uh, stories as well, but he was on this one, and he said that uh, he hailed the victory. He said it's an elevation for all Americans in their freedom of religion and their freedom of speech. He said, my elevation is nothing. He was talking about the fact that everybody's calling him now and wanting to talk to him and interview him and all that. He said, that's really nothing. He said, this is an elevation of for all Americans in their freedom of religion, also in the freedom of speech. He said, nobody is any more important than anyone else. He said, my rights are the same as everybody's, and I was just exercising mine. So I'm glad the rest of the justices took a look at it, looked at the facts of the case, and realized this is not a big deal. This is just a guy being thankful after a football game. <laughs> well, they see it as a little more than that, but I appreciate his, his uh, honesty and his humility. He said, I mean, everybody is blowing up my phone saying, hey, we won, because that's what it was. He said, we all won. Every single American has won with this. That's why there won't be any riots or anything like that. Well, I'm not sure about that, Joe. But anyway, there won't be any riots or anything like that or a protest because every American has the exact rights according to the First Amendment. That is all true. About the riots, I'm not, I'm not as positive about that as, as he is. I, I think there might be riots. People are just angry and they're running, uninformed for the most case, running the streets, crashing everything from Starbucks, who's one of them, Starbucks windows to bank windows and small business owners' windows and really not paying any kind of a price. There's rarely any consequences to their burning and breaking and looting and screaming obscenities because they hate America or they hate somebody and somebody must be wrong because they're right and all of that. It's nonsense. It's destroying our nation, but that's where we are today. In the decision that was released yesterday, as I said, was six to three, Justice Neil Gorsuch, he delivered the court's opinion. 
He's joined by Chief Justice John Roberts, Justices Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, Amy Coney Barrett, and Brett Kavanaugh. Thank you for three of those. Donald Trump. He promised he would do it. He did. Neil Gorsuch said, in part, Kennedy prayed during a period when school employees were free to speak with a friend, call for a reservation at a restaurant, check email, this is from the record of the Supreme Court, or attend to other personal matters. He offered his prayers quietly while his students were otherwise occupied. Still, the Bremerton School District disciplined him anyway. Gorsuch wrote, both the free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment protect expressions like Mr. Kennedy's. The Constitution and the best of our traditions counsel mutual respect and tolerance, not censorship and suppression, for religious and non-religious views alike. In response to today's opinion, Kennedy said, this is just so awesome. (laughs) He said, all I've ever wanted was to be back on the field with my guys. I'm incredibly grateful to the Supreme Court, my fantastic legal team, and everybody who has supported us. I thank God for answering our prayers and sustaining my family through this long battle. The battle was the result initially of one atheist, one atheist, not liking That prayer thing that was going on, that's what he called it. He was upset. Their son joined others in saying a prayer. The atheist son actually went out and joined the prayer. He was interviewed. I talked about it on this program a couple of years ago now or more. Somebody asked him about it. He said, no, I'm not really a Christian or anything. But he said, it's just kind of fun to be a part of the guys. And he said, I saw some of my friends kind of kneeling with the coach. And he said, I just thought it would be fun. And so he said, I stopped by and got on my knee and... I mean, that was the whole thing. And the parent got mad because he didn't want his kid praying because there is no God to pray to. And so he started creating a problem. That whole thing started from that, one angry atheist parent. So it became the case that it became. That was the battle, the beginning of the battle. Others, of course, joined as it gathered momentum. They always do. When when the Bremerton School Board was informed that they could be sued, and probably would be, even though they probably would not have been, they immediately caved. This is the MO. The far left always uses this threat. We're going to sue you. It costs them a few bucks to write the letter and have a lawyer sign off on it, and it's very intimidating. They send it to these school boards and school administrations. And the school administrations have spent all their money. They always spend all their money. They never have enough money, no matter how much the taxpayers give them, in my opinion. So they're always scared they're going to, How? what are we going to do? Maybe we won't get voted on the board next time or whatever. They always cave. And then there are among them activists who don't want to cave. They want to advance the gay agenda, the atheist agenda, whatever it happens to be. That's why they're on the school board. And that's why Christians need to work tirelessly to get on these school boards in the middle of the muck of hell itself. You need to be in the there would be a light and a voice for God and for righteousness in the school. I, I'd, I'd love to see people all over, everywhere, trying to get on running for their school board. Be a voice there and stand for what is right and what is righteous. Stand for what public education was supposed to be in the first place. And I can give you a lot of background on that. Noah Webster even made the comment, he said, 
we could actually educate our children using only the Bible because it's history, it's classic, uh, classic human experience, it's truth. It, I mean, it's amazing how this started and where it's ended up, public education. But school administrators and boards almost always cave, and the left knows it. So they know for a few hundred bucks they can change a whole school district or whatever. They almost always bend a knee to anti-Christian voices, the school boards. Bremerton was no exception. The left always rules and reigns on the assumption that the popular lie about the separation of church and state is actually true. It isn't true. Not the way it's presented. It's true that Thomas Jefferson said there is a wall that separates the church and state. But he said we created that wall so the state, the government, the state would not interfere in the business of the church. David Barton is perhaps the foremost Christian historian in America. He's written on nearly every significant event that shaped America from our very founding to our present day. I know, David, we've done some stuff together. He's written extensively on the issue of separation of church and state, and I would strongly recommend that you read some of it. I wrote an article today on our website, faithandfreedom.us, and I included... Uh, I linked an article that he's written about this, about I mean about separation of church and state. It's very informing and it's very well researched. I would encourage you to read it if if you do. But he he summarizes. There's quite a bit there. I don't have time to just go through it line by line on this program. But he summarizes the end of it. In summary, he says, I'm quoting him: the separation phrase so frequently invoked. Uh, today was rarely mentioned by any of the founders, and even Jefferson's explanation of his phrase is diametrically opposed to the manner in which the courts apply it today. Separation of church and state currently means almost exactly the opposite of what it originally meant. That's true. Exactly true. Based on inverting what Thomas Jefferson actually said to the Danbury Baptist and what he meant, Coach Kennedy and many others have been fired from their jobs for breaching a wall intended to keep the government out of the church's business. If you want to get saved, come to church, government. Otherwise, stay out of our business. But they've turned it to where it's the other way around. It's now a tool that's used to suppress and to silence and center the church of Jesus Christ, the Christian church. Coach Kennedy was has sued the Bremerton School District, they could end up paying out some money that they thought they were avoiding when they hooked up with the leftist, the atheist, and then the ACLU and so on. They may get to a point where they experience far more than hurting the feelings and sensitivities of an atheist parent. I don't mean to be crass, but I mean, that's true. The realities of this, these school boards, they play these games. They go, well, we got this letter, and now oh, we better cave. Yeah, come on in, Satanist group, or come on in, you know, atheists, and yo, we'll get rid of this praying coach, and on and on it goes. Well, they're going to start getting stung a little more and a little more, and I think they need, they need to have a wake-up session. Official-led prayer strikes at the core of our constitutional protections for religious liberty of students and their parents. Elena Kagan is saying, I read through the response of the left, the three leftists on the Supreme Court, and I will tell you, in my view, I'm not a lawyer, but I mean, I can read, and boy, it's pretty weak. I mean, it's real weak. It's more 
angry or pleading like, please, please, let us do what we've been doing, than it is substantive. Well, we've run out of time. Thank you so much for being with us today. Read my article on our website. There's more there. There's some about personal stuff about Kennedy. It's kind of interesting how he became a Christian and all. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.